everyone. Welcome back to Writing into the Unknown. My name is Christina. And my name is Monica. And in today's episode, episode number 58, we have a special guest. Her name is Carolina Hidalgo. Welcome, Carolina. Hi, my name is Carolina. It's so great to have you on the podcast today. So Carolina and I used to live together, actually. We used to be housemates, and now we don't live together anymore, so I miss you very much. And I miss you already. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, we, we still keep in touch, and today she's in the podcast. So great way to still uh, talk about many, many different topics. Carolina's background is in architecture. She is fascinated by the link between architecture and its role in shaping society. She's such a fun person and so loving as well, but also very dramatic. And I think that's due to her Latin blood. <laughs> um, so she's originally from Ecuador or Ecuador. And yeah, just in today's podcast, we just really wanted to ask you about your life trajectory your experience growing up in Ecuador and now living in the UK and so many different topics. But before we dive deep into all of that, uh, we wanted to start off with a rapid fire round. So we're going to be asking you, Carolina, a few questions um, that you can answer with one word or maybe like a short sentence and feel free to elaborate if you want um, or if you don't want to then we'll skip to the next one so Moni do you want to get started with the first question yes so Carolina for you the first question is what is your favorite fruit from Ecuador oh wow that's quite tricky to say because we have such a lot of fruits and but maybe the first that come to my mind is everything that has with citrix, oranges, mandarins. Uh, in fact, we don't just have one type of mandarin. We have at least five times. But all of the types, everything that has with something citric, I love it. Oh, my God. It's making me crave some fruit right now. <laughs> Lovely. And, and I say something easy because you can have uh, oranges here, too. I imagine if I go deeper, that will be. Oh, <laughs> the diversity of fruit is not quite the same <laughs> here in the UK. Definitely. Yeah. So the next question is, what is your favorite? Or what has been your favorite holiday that you remember? Like, it doesn't have to be the, the best one, but one that comes to mind. And you think, wow, that was a really, really good one. Mm, uh, wow um sorry no, uh, just something my... recently perhaps that you went on i know with covid have... it's difficult <laughs> i know yes with covid i'm just coming back to last last um trips that i make um one that i I don't know if it's the best trip, but I don't know. I remember right now is I went with my parents to a mountain, the Ilinisas volcano, and we were testing one car that my dad wanted to buy. And uh, we said, like, let's go to a trip. And also we will test this car, blah, 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 blah. And I can't really remember how was the trip, but I remember that on the way to come back, the car stopped working properly and we were in the middle of nowhere. And 
we start to enter to very specific places and I've, it's the first time that I realized that not everyone speaks Spanish, that in the small communities they speak Quechua, and I have no idea about that. And they started speaking us in Quechua, and I was like, where is the main road? I'm lost here. <laughs> and the car stopped working, and my dad was really stressed, but my mom and I started to laughing, literally <laughs> laughing about everything in life. It, it wasn't actually even fun, but I was just like, ha, 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 laughing about everything. And my dad is like, stop laughing. This Your life is in dangerous. Look, we are like the river, like also consider that the roads is not the same as here, very proper mm. roads. That the roads, if it's in a community, it was like next to the river. And if it starts raining, maybe you're stuck there. And the fact that my life was so in danger, but with my parents, because usually I put myself in a risk situation, but when I am alone, but with my parents next to me, you're supposed to be feel safe, but actually it was the opposite. And that just made me laugh a lot. <laughs> and I don't know, I just remember that. Maybe it's not the best trip, no, but it's one, I don't know, something that I, now the far away from my parents i remember that oh. yeah no, I, I love how so you're so positive in the face of adversity you just decide to laugh you know you're just like ha huh, like look at this situation and at least you're with people the people you love i, I was gonna say if yeah, i was gonna finished. mention i think when you're in when you're in really 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 difficult situations you go through stages of like you know grief. stress and then grief but then you reach a stage because I could relate similarly. I remember one time, like we were going through so much struggle. We we're stuck in a, it was like a minibus for like seven hours in traffic. And I remember laughing hysterically and it was such a bad situation, but I was like laughing my head off, like so much, like uncontrollable laughter. And I don't know if that's maybe the situation that you were experiencing as well, Carolina. Maybe you go through so much struggle. There's just the only way out of it is like to laugh about the situation I don't know yeah sometimes go ahead Cara I think it's maybe because I am with my parents so you're supposed to feel safe because there is no more way to be safe than being next to your parents and it's like yes but I'm still in danger so maybe now that I figure out like if with my parents I am in danger yeah I'm ready to go everywhere at that time I wasn't even travel alone so it's like, yeah, my parents can protect me anywhere. And I am only child, by the way. So being protective, it wasn't something that far away from me because my parents always protect me all time. Not only my parents, my, my uncle and my grandma, because I, uh, I was also only the only grandchild. So if feeling next to my parents, I still be in danger, so it's like doesn't matter. I can maybe now that I figure out uh, or coming back to that point, I'm ready to travel alone. I'm ready to do the things by myself because maybe I will still feel then in danger, but yeah, I can just laugh and continue doing whatever I do because I will be fine. Yeah, and I I really but, like that you said you felt safe being with your parents even though it was an unsafe situation I feel like many times 
when your body decides to laugh it off instead of cry you're actually in in crisis mode but you decide to laugh for some reason because you know that be, you are in a really shitty situation but you know it could be way worse because mm. you you are with people you love or or something and you're in a certain situation and then that makes it so much better i i feel that might be i think well. being around people is makes it so much better because you're all in it together as opposed to it being yourself i think but, but something yeah. that chris just said that always can get worse is something that i learned in the last pandemic you feel bad you feel stressed you maybe have a lot of problems and i, I got a point that i want to just cry all time and uh, my mom said, Carol, stop, because always can get worse. And actually it did. So I can stop what things can, uh, bad things came, but my attitude can be different. So always can that. get worse. It's the attitude. Prepare for everything. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. It literally reminded me of um, my previous job when I was told I was probably going to get fired. And I remember I didn't cry. I just laughed. And... I was just like, I wanted to cry. It was different stages, like you said, money, <laughs> really different stages. But at one point I was just explaining to my housemates and I was just laughing and I was just like, why are you laughing? But I just, I was like, should I laugh? Should I cry? I don't know. I'm just confused. But um, yeah, I know it will work out. It's just very stressful. But yeah. yeah, really glad that that experience taught you to be more resilient. And then from that, you were like, nah, now I'm going to go on my own. I'm going to travel my own. I'm ready. Yeah, great. Right. Next question is, name one attribute or characteristic you find attractive in a significant other. From myself or from others? Yeah, from a, from, a significant other. Um, I'm quite dramatic, as Christina said. <laughs> and I love gossip. You forgot to mention that. <laughs> But I don't know, people, it's kind of dramatic and stress, but at the same time, I know my limit to being a stressful person for others, but also to myself, because that stress made me be better. If I just relax, I feel like, nah, I have more time to do things. I have more time to be better. But if I stress myself, I feel that I push myself to to do things more. And be dramatic is part of being Latin. So, so you feel if, for example, in a significant other in a partner, would you want them to be dramatic as well? Or is that too much of a clash? No, I will feel <laughs> that he should be the opposite as okay. me because right. being dramatic and more dramatic both of us will like just crash it will be better like i want to be the dramatic of this relationship and the other person should be like calm the chill one and calm. Most, in, most important the person who doesn't get stressed by uh another stressed person okay so someone you would like someone who doesn't get stressed by drama basically yeah okay and good good drama. good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep 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 okay so um next question is one thing that's part of your daily routine if you can name one uh drink water amazing 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 I you do drink a lot you just stay hydrated 
Yeah, uh, I like it. In fact, when I don't do it, I feel like I can't even breathe properly. Mm. Yeah, I feel more tired. Yeah, but I like it. And Maybe last question. Relevant, but yes. And the last question is, what social media platform do you use the most? Instagram. Yeah, I usually lost my time there, but yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're all guilty of that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But hey-ho, I feel like within its different seasons, though, I feel like maybe in the winter months, I spend a lot of time because I'm indoors a lot. And then maybe in the summer, you go out and you meet people more frequently. So yeah, it comes and goes. Comes and goes. Everybody loves summer. I am just yeah. like every day, just w- w- looking the windows, like, please be sunny today. Mm-hmm. I'm the same. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's the fire. I mean, it was kind of um, long. Uh, it wasn't like fire rapid, but great answers from you, Kato. Um, So on the next topic, I wanted to uh, know a little bit more, or let our listeners know a little bit more about your background in terms of your studies. Yeah, your education right. in general. Okay. Um, well, um, I'm from the middle of the world. For people who doesn't know where Ecuador is, <laughs> it's exactly in the middle of the world, Quito. Uh, I am only child. Um, I decided to study architecture. Uh, for me, is my passion. I really like it. I I enjoy that I can do something that it will trespass. Uh, on five, ten, or maybe fifteen more years, even I will die, and that thing that I design or put a little bit of effort will change other lives. It's not, it's not just for, about me. Um, anyways, I'm being more involved in construction rather than design. Uh, later, when I finished my degree, I realized that wanted to come back here. I really fell in love the first time that I traveled to the UK. I went to Bristol and I say, okay, if I want to study a degree there, first I need to learn English. So I put a pause on my life and moved to Vancouver, Canada. And I lived there for a year. I love the culture, the weather, um, everything basically about that place and um, then I went back to Ecuador worked for a year and then applied for a university here in the UK and went to Northumbia University to study real estate international and later I moved South England to start working in a landscape architecture and I'm involved in planning modern landscape, and this here we am. <laughs> Amazing. And what would you say has been the highlights of your whole trajectory that you just described, or what have been the the highlights? Well, the first highlight and the most important is when I finally finished architecture. <laughs> For six years of studying, putting a lot of effort, I put apart my family, my health, my mental health, just for achieve that. So when I finally graduate, my uncle, I remember that he said, Caro, you graduate and the whole family graduate. Because mm-hmm. 
we are I'm from Latin America, so we tend to be really close for other people. So if they organize a trip, they just don't go if I can go. So they say all of us put an effort for you. So finally, please finish this so everyone can actually have a normal holiday. But um, I like living in other cultures because that made me feel that I am part of something else, that I shouldn't be just in one small place all the time, that I can be more with my time, and meet more people, introduce, and bring a little bit of Ecuador in other places too, to know that they, this small country exists. So I wanted to ask you, how did you feel mm. about the transition going from living in Quito to then moving abroad? and living in the UK, what were your first impressions? It's different, totally different. The three main places where I live is totally different. But what I feel sometimes lost is when I first moved to uh, Vancouver and when I went back, I realized that Quito, even though it's where I come from, it wasn't my place anymore. because I wasn't living there. And the last year that I visited my parents, literally, I feel that I just visited my country. Here, I'm so proud of being an Ecuadorian, but when I am there, I feel like, well, this is not my country anymore because I feel that the things are not in the exactly place where I left. So sometimes I feel like we're actually Karina, where exactly are you from in your heart? Because you moved to different places and being an international student here, you usually don't really mix with English people. So you mix with other international people and you take a little bit of other cultures too. So you feel that you are actually part, for example, one of my friends that I was really close in uni was from Thailand so I know more about that culture like I feel that I visit also that and like where exactly are you from because you are still traveling around every places so it's like well I'm just like for everywhere (laughs) and I like that I love that so much and I I have heard um about this um term reverse culture shock which is what you're describing right now and we had Aisha on the podcast morning before and she talked about something similar so yeah that's a very difficult situation to be in because you almost feel like you don't belong anywhere but at the same time you become this chameleon where you can adapt to living anywhere because you have this exposure to so many different international students different countries and you're like yeah I, I could live in the UK I could live in Canada I would happily relocate elsewhere but then going back yes. home, you're just like, oh, actually, <laughs> this feels different but now. I like that that made me a resilient person. Yeah. And in fact, the society should be more resilient. But sometimes we just don't want to move from our comfort zone. So that's what slow the process of the resilience. But I really invite that everyone start to move in from their comfort zones and we can actually do more for society excellent yeah I love that so much and now that you're talking about resilience I want to hear a little bit more about 
your incredible resilience to finish your degree because from what I hear uh, finishing architecture in Ecuador is very demanding especially the university where you studied so what helped you get through that and how did you feel after you were finished I felt so happy never sleep better when I finally finished my dissertation and as I mentioned before, I am a stressful person. So when everyone just decided to do one dissertation that was difficult enough, Carolina decided to do it two, one urban and one architecture because my specialty was in urban design too, with the same time as the rest of the class. And that put me in a very difficult situation. <laughs> Because at some point I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to finish. I'm not going to graduate. And I remember that, but that time my mom booked a trip to go in the Bahamas, just both of us. Um, my mom was like, you will do it, you will do it. And I was just crying, no mom, you should cancel the trip because I'm not going to make it. And my mom was like, Carolina, please visualize yourself. You're going to be in the beach, taking the sun with a culture. I was like, okay, okay, do it, do it, do it. And so I finished. <laughs> Amazing. Congratulations, honestly. And then, and then, I mean, I don't know if you have any questions, Moni. I wanted to ask as well. So how was your, how did you go about learning English as well? And did you learn it from it? Uh, you know, secondary level, or did you did you start it when you were at university? And how was your journey with with English to get to where you are now, which is amazing. Now it will be fun fact for me, no at that time, but sadly, languages is not something that comes to me easily. When I was in uni. I always focus on my subjects architecture related and English was part of uh, one of the subjects, but I was like, okay, I will do it next semester. And one point was one semester that the university told me, you can't continue studying if you don't pass English. And I decided to make one test and I failed the test. That's horrible to say, but I failed the test three times that bad I was in English and it's like I hate English I never going to do this and I I say my parents why you didn't put me in a English school where I could learn English since I was five now it's your fault that I am failed I can't I can uh, I will never graduate from architecture just because I don't know English and what's the point in fact I will never do anything in English I hate it but because the university put me like basically if you don't pass at least in fact was v2 or v1 which is very basic English uh, I decided to make a small trip to the UK to start to okay, if you don't love it, you need to find a place where you will love it. So um, I have a small summer trip to Bristol. And then I found it that, wait, if I know other languages, I will be able to meet more people. And it's something that always is like a propaganda that is like, learn English and you will 
travel more or something like that. But actually, I leave it. And it's like, okay, fine. Let's start to knowing. I passed that small uh, test in uni, but when I basically really basic English, just uh, birth to being present and passed, <laughs> nothing else. But that was not enough to come to study a degree here. So then I moved to Canada to learn English. But it's something that at that point was really stressed because I need to put a pause on my studies and everything. But now I feel proud that something that it was such difficult for me and I hate it. And I feel like I will never be able to speak. Now I am not only finish, I also went and moved myself in another country where no one speaks Spanish and do it and study a degree here. So I'm I'm proud of myself of that. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud as well. Congratulations. No, it's just incredible. And the fact that we're having this conversation in English, because it feels so unnatural, like the three of us were kind of planning the podcast a little bit earlier and we were just chatting in Spanish. And then we were thinking, oh, we should just do it in Spanish. But obviously a lot of our <laughs> listeners just wouldn't understand. So it's just, as you say, so good to be able to reach uh, such a wider number of people by, you know, by speaking English and by speaking other languages. Yeah, so, it's something that totally go beyond my expectations because I never thought in my life that I could do something like that. That's so good. So you talked about how you wish you learned English from an early age, how that would have saved you a lot of stress over your studies and life after that. So I was wondering as well if there has been any point in your life where you wish you'd done things differently or, you know, if you could go back, would you act a different way? Uh, I definitely will change my attitude with my mom. <laughs> my mom and I will have the same um, temper, exactly the same. So sometimes both of us argue a lot for no reason, and it's quite different. And if we are angry, we could have weeks without no speaking. And it's really bad that I say that right now, that being far away from her is so sad. It's like, why I lose all this time with her? And it happened so much more all the time, basically, that it changed. It was with, uh, when my mom got sick. When I was more or less 24 years old, my mom uh, was diagnosed guys with cancer. So uh, that literally changed. I think not me, my whole family did this uh, part before my mom got that uh, illness and after that. Uh, we discovered it in a really nonsense. Like we, we wasn't looking for I don't know, a check appointment or something like that. It was actually for me that my mom went to, the, to see the doctor because I have some problem on my knee. And the doctor said, oh, how about you? Why are you 
you don't do something and my mom is like no it's always carolina with the problem she's the illness girl in the family always have so many difficulties but i'm so uh, healthy i don't do anything uh i have a proper life and like so good and the doctor say well why not to just do it just try to make it um i was like ah okay fine and give it a one prescription to check all of the things at the time she was near to 50. i never do any check um so uh she discovered that she has cancer and an earlier stage but it was cancer and it was really difficult for all my family and in fact for I think my dad felt kind of guilty because um, when they were mar just married, they discovered that my mom can't have children. And they put in a, like seeing a lot of doctors and everything. And uh, it was at that point that my grandma arrived to a church, a Christian church. And um, for them, their first miracle is that finally my mom got pregnant. So they got me and when I was around four years old, they tried to have another children. They tried everything and spent so much more money on that. But I don't know, the plan wasn't that they have another one. And my dad felt guilty because he thought Oh, he's still thinking that maybe if he didn't, uh, well, maybe no, they were forced because they never forced, but both both of them wanted to have a baby, but they put it in, in so many um, treatments that maybe something changed. By the way, it was uh, cervix, cancer to the cervix, the uterus and all of them. So maybe they feel guilty that one of the things that they tried uh, earlier it was the reason we don't really know but that was one of the things that when my mom after that that's my very big miracle for me that she passed through that she's alive and then it's like why i lost so much more time this uh, arguing with my mom when I can actually just having near to me, enjoying, uh, just be next to me. And yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. Thank you for sharing it with us. And I'm, I'm so happy that your mom is healthy and well right now. And I can't just, I just can't believe what it must be like to, to live through that really. Yeah. It's, it's so right now we're taking care of her all time because for being a woman, we produce some uh, hormones, hormones naturally, but because she, they took a, a whole service from my mom, she was 48, but after the surgery in her body, she was 70 already. So her body started to failure in other things. So she survived cancer, yes, but we needed to take other measures for her to actually be normal. But they changed the whole family and now all of us get healthier and yeah. 
and right now every two years we always go to the doctors like uh be careful just don't wait for it always check it yeah i think that's something that's really really important is to always go and get checked even if you might think that you're really healthy that you have nothing wrong with you and that's something that i feel like i'm quite guilty of like i never go to the doctors and just get checked just get a general health checkup and you said something important that is even if you feel healthy my mom was the healthier in our family and later we realize it's because she's asymptomatic and that's the reason she wasn't feeling anything bad in her body but it was because it's asymptomatic so always do your checks all time definitely strong message for everyone out there mm. yeah for sure and what you said before about feeling somewhat guilty about fighting with your mom I feel like at some point in our lives, especially when we're teenagers, we all go through that phase. Like we're always arguing. I mean, I certainly argued with my mom a lot. And now thinking back, I'm like, why? Like your mom is always there for you. She's like so selfless. Yeah. Always, anytime you don't, you call her, she's there. She's helping you through whatever. And then you treated her like crap. <laughs> but um, yeah, you just, as you said, it's all hormones as well as a teenager. You just one more independence that maybe the relationship your mother still sees you as a child you want to be more of an adult almost and it's that kind of dynamic that you grow out of when you grow a bit older and you mature a little bit more but yeah I think yeah I think and also living far away make our relationships so much strong and I will say that I'm less selfish. It's not that I'm selfish, but I'm only child. So I am not used to share my things with anyone. So it's like, if something takes, I don't know, a jacket, I was like, no, it's my jacket. Why do you take it? It's so bad, but it's kind of normal for me. But now that I, when I came back to Ecuador last December, and my mom is like, oh, this is a really nice jacket. Take it. <laughs> Just do it is for you I don't mind like I, I can buy another one but if you like it and you feel happy with it just do it yeah. my mom is the same with us I feel like we have a lot of our things and she's like yeah just take it <laughs> oh definitely all her handbags and everything she's like yeah for you guys amazing I love it but Carolina do you have any final message for our listeners I, I literally enjoyed our conversation so much I'm hoping that our listeners did too uh, no, maybe if you want to ask me any something else, I could share a little bit more of my life. Maybe Chris has something, Omoni. Yeah. Um, so yeah, last few questions, maybe because you said that when your grandma uh, visited the church, she felt like you were her little miracle. What has how has um, religion impacted your family in that sense? I would say, well, I don't like to call it religion, but it's not a, another way to put it. But for me, it's more a relationship. It's a way to live rather than a religion. I call it religion when I put it in a box and say, Jesus has these rules and this is the box. But I don't like that because when I started putting it in that way, 
I feel like people will judge you. It's like, oh, you need to do that. But if you don't do it, this thing in the correct way, you are a bad person. But it's not like that. We all are humans, so we make mistakes. Yes, but it's more about how you encourage yourself to go through that problem, how you fix it. It's not about just a failure. It's how you move from that situation. And in my part, like um, you pointed out, but religious is something that is part of my life all time. It comes with my family when they just joined, even before I um, was born. But for me, it came through a deadly life. It's a way to the, the way I live. And I like... I don't, I don't want to say that force anyone in the audience, just like you should live it in the same way. But for me, is the way that I feel relieved that after all, I could do something else. That if I feel sad or depressed, there is someone I can go to and he will help me through it. So yeah, religious maybe is something very important in my life too. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much that you have, always have something to get back to, whether you have, you're going through a rough time, you know, you need that support. You always, always feel grounded in that way. Definitely. Yeah. And I really like, I really like what you mentioned about your own relationship with God, as opposed to, you know, top religion and maybe people getting it mixed up. And I feel like you can get classified into a box almost, but if you're, you know, fostering that good relationship with God at the end of the day I think that's what's most important as opposed to saying okay yeah I'm a Christian but are you you know having that yeah because in fact not even God is judging you so why other people will do it yeah definitely but I love it amazing amazing. I love that well I think we're gonna wrap up the episode right now because we're going just above our time limit but I had so much fun having you on Carolina and you know maybe we'll have you on for so many more episodes to come Um, please I would love to join you guys hopefully hopefully we can have Carolina for a special Spanish episode if you guys want yeah let us know I will (laughs) I will teach you some specific terms in Latin. Oh, yes. <laughs> From South America. And I really love it. Thank you so much, girls, for inviting me. I really love the fact that I'm here with you speaking English, which is something different for me with you because always we speak in Spanish. But uh, thank you so much. And really encourage other people to join this amazing podcast oh thank you so much bye-bye bye-bye bye